Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, August 26, 2013, as we're recording this, and it's time for 10 dozen minutes of Jake and Mr. Skullhead with Jake and Mr. Skullhead with Jake and Mr. Skullhead in a co-starring role. Uh, I'm Mr. Skullhead, and Jake is somewhere in an undisclosed location. Tonight's show is bi-coastal if you consider uh, whatever river runs through your city to be a coast. Oh, a river runs through it. Uh, It's the Mississippi. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the Mississippi starts just uh, like three or four hours north of here. You can go up and like jump over it. Hmm. Do you, have see, you ever like, done that? I haven't yet, but I would like to. I would like to go up to the headwaters. So when you raft the entirety of the mighty Mississippi, you start at your house? Exactly. Cool. Could you carry a raft from your house to the, to the Mississippi? To the mighty Mississippi? Is it really the Mississippi River, or are you just fucking around? No, it is the Mississippi River. It oh. runs between Minneapolis and St. Paul, but it also runs like... Two, yeah, two miles from my house, I would say. Gosh, must make it real easy for you to get cargo. Yeah, it is. Uh, the only thing is that there are adorable urchins on boats all the time coming by. Yeah. And they're, uh, you know, trying to trick you into whitewashing fences and other things that Tom Sawyer did. Hmm. Yeah. And not Huck Finn. Right. But yeah, with my new exercise regimen, I could probably grab a, a raft and sprint <laughs> to the Mississippi. Yeah. Not sprint, but I could take it at a leisurely pace. It depends on how heavy the raft was, too, I assume. Yeah. Or if I could just put the raft on wheels, and then I could kind of stand in it and uh, use a pole. I could pole my way down the mighty Lowry Avenue to the mighty Mississippi. Yeah. It's sort of like a land gondola. A gondoland. Mm. Gondoland, come on down to Gondoland. Mm. Um, what what makes something a gondola? Is it a is it is it, it just is is anything piloted by a gondolier just de facto a gondola? A gondola? <laughs> a gondola? Mm. I do, I don't think so because I don't think every anything that's piloted by a captain is automatically a ship. Well, I mean, captains pilot airplanes and uh, airships and uh oh okay okay um uh poetry classes i guess those are scholarships <laughs> ah. um <laughs> that was there is a kind of laugh that it i didn't i didn't think that was the greatest joke but it was it was such the joke that needed to be made that i had to laugh at it mm-hmm and it, you know, it was an uncontrolled reflex. She's like, Haha, that's the right thing to joke about right there. This is how comedy works. It was more delight. F-A-R-T-S. Which one was that? Uh, surprise. Okay. Is the S for surprise? I couldn't remember what the S was for was today. I thought the S was sharts. No. It's like farts, anuses. Rectums. <laughs> Rectums, turds, Testicles and sharts. And yeah. Taints and sharks. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think to be a gondola, it has to have the little comb-looking thing on the front of it. Okay. Uh, it needs to be a flat-bottomed Venetian rowing boat, because flat-bottomed boats make uh, Venice's rockin' world go round. Mm, okay. And it has to be Venetian? You can't... It's a... It is within the, this definition in Wikipedia. Hmm. It's well suited to the conditions of the Venetian lagoon. I didn't like realize they, I didn't realize they had a lagoon there. They have a lot of legumes as well. Is a is a lagoon? I guess that's like it has to have the same root word as lake, right? Because lago 
is it like a small lake? I was, a, a lagoon is like a bay, right? But it's like uh Yeah, I think a lagoon is a lake that is fed by the ocean. Hmm. So is it a saltwater lake? Is the blue lagoon? It has to be blue and it has to have brook shields in it. Mm-hmm. And boobs. In order to be a lagoon. Yep. Do you think she uh, uses dress shields instead of tampons just because it's funny? I hope so. Um, Although I really don't care if I know what anybody does for their period. Mm-hmm. Even people I care about. Like, you know, I'm interested in every detail of your life except what happens when blood comes out of you. Oh, but that's not very... I mean, you'd make a terrible ER doctor. <laughs> that's true. But I'm not an ER doctor, and I feel that that's a reasonable thing to not be treated like one. Okay, sure, fair enough. Damn it, Jim, in other words. Yes. A shallow body of water, especially one separated from a sea by sandbars or coral reefs. Mm Hmm. Uh, well. Have you been? For word nerds, it's from uh, Latin lacuna, which is derived from lacus for lake. From which we get lacuna, which is like pool or hollow or gap. And for for goth I, nerds, Lacuna Coil is a pretty good band. Yeah. They actually are. Have you been? My wife's into them. Uh, hot. It is hot as fuck. Mm-hmm. Which I, I can't complain overly much because it's probably not quite as hot as it is over there. But it is like 97, 98 degrees with... Uh, humidity enough to get the heat index up to 104, 105. Wait, do you mean over there in Arizona? Yeah, over there in Arizona, which neither of us is. I'm right. not. I'm not trying to disclose your location here. Oh, I see. I see what you mean. Um, yeah. No, I'm not. I I have uh, I have maybe five or six days before I go back there. Um, but yeah, here it's here it's still exactly the same as it always is. Mm. I got up this morning and I put on my long pants and my coat, my hoodie. Right. You know the hoodie that I wear goes with my mustache my pbr took took all those things down to the cafe that same guy with that fucking dog was there again the dog just immediately ran over under my table he's like oh i remember this guy this is a guy whose shoes are covered with fucking dog food and they weren't when you came in no yep. but yeah you know if you were a little more considerate you would have brought some dog food this time since he had to use his last time <laughs> yeah i guess you're right uh when i got there they were like I think the the people who worked at the uh, cafe were so bad at their jobs that they just had elected not to do them at all because mm. there was some, there was just you know this sort of like Mexican guy who was hosing off the sidewalk in the front and I got there I was like wow it's probably I would have really expected you guys to be open by now and he was like yeah the guy forgot his keys uh, it'll be about ten minutes <laughs> so that was funny it wasn't funny was- at all. Was the Mexican man hosing off the sidewalk or hoseing off the sidewalk? <laughs> oh, ha <laughs> uh, He's Jose, yeah. but he was using hose B. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. Um, Once again, not necessarily amused, but delighted. Right. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's, still, it's still, it's cold here mm. in the mornings, and then it's hot in the late mornings, and then it's cold in the nights. See, I would like that, and that's what we usually have. But we've been getting the like the low temperature, and the dead, dead, dead of night is still upwards of seventy-five degrees. So you can't like we're not really set up for this shit here because we're not supposed to have it. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, a lot of buildings, like Jess started school today, and a lot of the, her building doesn't have air conditioning at all. So it's just 104 degrees and full of sweaty monster children. Are they really and, monster uh, children? Is, does she work at Monster <laughs> Monster Middle School, which feeds monsters. High School, which goes to Monsters University. No, we, uh, she teaches 7th and 8th graders who are not classifiable as people, I think. Mm-hmm. Are they are they in particular like at risk or special needs seventh and eighth graders or are they just regular old shitty seventh and eighth graders? Regular old shitty ones. Well, that's maybe a little easier, or maybe it's harder. I don't know. Yeah, they they suck. Do they they don't instinctually stand and deliver? They they have to right. be told to. Are and then they're minds, like, "Why are you talking to me?" Are their minds dangerous? They're criminal. Okay. Right. Their instincts are also criminal. So what does she teach, like, American History X? <laughs> She's an ex-American history teacher. Okay. She teaches uh, the design cycle, which is they're trying to teach kids how to, like, organize thoughts and put together anything, for God's sake, please, and turn it in. So she'll, she teaches a photography unit so they can get to, like, here's how you gather your shit and here's how you put it together and here's how you turn it in. They do like a research assignment. They did a a rock or a garage band thing. Rock band would be less impressive. They did a garage band thing where they had to make a song and turn it in. It's basically like trying to get them used to like actually turning shit in. Hmm. Because kids today are terrible. Not to uh not to suggest that you get off my lawn, but none of that sounded like school to me. Sure. No, it, it's... But it is at the core of their curriculum now. It's kids should know how to use computers, how to use all these tools, and okay. how to just see something through from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, okay, that I can see. Do you feel like we were taught to see something through from start to finish? I didn't believe that there was an option to not do that, so, yeah. I mean, do you think that was because of the education system or because of, like, fear of your dad? It's weird being in the world today. Because, to me, there was just no... It it wasn't even conceivable that you wouldn't do what your teacher told you to do or what a grown-up told you to do. And I'm sure that there were times when I just said fuck it and didn't, but it doesn't seem that way. It seems like the same way that failing out of college was not a fucking option. I'm sorry. I forgot that you did that. Well, I didn't. I was on academic probation and my dad deemed it probably not a wise use of all of the rest of his money to send me back for a second year. And, you know, rightly so. Um, Sure. I didn't actually fail anything, I don't think. Okay, I never might, mind then. I might have failed one class. Yeah, I mean, I, do you... So, you know, you, you, you find quotes from, like, Aristotle talking about how kids today don't do not do as their elders tell them and right. how they spend all their time fucking around on their phones and stuff. And, I mean, maybe just because I haven't talked to, like... I... Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm worried that I'm, I'm going to inadvertently say something disparaging here, but, like... I don't know that I have talked to any just normal people with, like, normal people kids 
mm-hmm. right? Because we are not that, and Roy is not that, and you know, like people who are neither artsy nor fartsy. Yeah, there's like there's like you know, in in the circles that I run in, there's a lot of charter school bullshit going on. Like both, you know, like the people that I know who are teachers tend to not be like full on state-funded public school teachers, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so it's hard to gauge, like, those kids who are maybe, like, in the charter art school where Roy's wife teaches because of disciplinary problems at other schools, when we were kids, they would have just not been in school, uh-huh. probably, because there was nowhere for them to go. Or maybe they would have been unhappy but forced to some extent to get their shit together and, like, actually pass classes, but I don't... Yeah, and who's to say who had the better idea? It's really, it's really hard to evaluate like changes over time in systems like that, right? Because we have this, we have this sense. Like you and I both sort of understand that it is kind of dumb to say, well, you know, we didn't wear seatbelts and we turned out fine because it's like obviously we turned out fine except for the ones of us who didn't, right? But. You know, that doesn't mean that every instinct like that is wrong. Yeah. And so it's always, I mean, I'm, I'm almost reluctant to even talk about kids today. It seems to me like it would be very, I have, I have often held in the back of my head that if all else failed, I could probably get a job as like a high school computer teacher. Mm-hmm. And that that would be a thing that, you know, thinking about like when I was in high school, I'm like, you know, that guy was a dick. I could do that job and be less of a dick than that guy. <laughs> and I, everything that I know about school now leads me to believe that I would fucking hate that. Right? That it would just be like, that I would somehow get in trouble for making people put their fucking phones away, for instance. Or like making out with them in the janitor's closet. Yeah. The, the former, probably not so much, but the latter, definitely. Yeah. But they're not allowed, at least in Jess's district, and she's public school, so, and kind of a ghetto school, like not a total ghetto school, but kind of a ghetto school. Uh, She is not allowed to take phones, and the kids are allowed to have them in case their parents or somebody just absolutely need to get in touch with them. Which makes zero sense to me, but yeah, I mean, there was never ever a time where my parents needed to get a hold of me when I was in high school, and they couldn't. Yeah, you would call the office readily. Yeah, or you know, and if you needed to get a hold of them and you didn't want to bother somebody at the office, you don't need to fucking get a hold of them. Yeah, like because that's really not what they're doing with it. That's the excuse. I don't know, man. Hearing how she talks about these kids who are. I mean, a lot of them are coming from a culture that doesn't value education, where if the kid comes home and says, man, my teacher is riding me like, and I can't stand it, they'll go, oh yeah, my English teacher was like that too, don't you put up with that shit, is what the parent will say, who is like 15 years older than the kid. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she has it rougher than most, but a lot of the time, she is just, it's all she can do to keep everybody quiet. Like, quiet enough that she can talk. Because they don't, the, the the kids these days, they don't care if, uh, like, she can send them to the behavioral specialist is step one, they don't give a shit. She sends them to the principal, they don't give a shit. She can call home is the last thing, like, the last thing in the chain, and 
none of the kids give a shit because they know their parents will back them over the teacher. Hmm. So, yeah, I felt like I, all I ever understood was the opposite of that. Right. Like, you know, I mean, well, although there were certain things. I mean, the, the, one time, the one time that I seriously got in trouble in high school, I just was not worried about it because I knew that my parents wouldn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Right, because it was like we got in trouble for boys and girls hanging out in the same hotel room after 10 p.m. on a debate trip, <laughs> and you know, it was and and it was like straight up the, the the disciplinarian was like, "You don't seem to be taking this seriously," and I said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm really not. Like, we didn't, do, we weren't doing anything wrong. We weren't doing anything scandalous. We weren't doing anything illegal. And because I'm not going to be in trouble with my parents, I'm just not in trouble." Like, sorry, but you know, but so, you know, so I had some detention, but like, again, it just didn't fucking matter. Like the, the, the people, the people who were running detention were pretty happy to have a bunch of kids from fucking nerds from the debate team in detention. So like, so they had somebody to pick on. It was like, Oh no, I have to hang out at the school for a half an hour after class. Like, I guess, I guess I'll just read instead of playing Dungeons and Dragons. Like it's whatever. Like, yeah, I, I, but yeah, you know, prior to that, I mean, I guess I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there were kids like there were like the cowboys at our high school who didn't give a shit. They didn't care. They didn't want to be there. And I always kind of felt like this is why high school should not be mandatory. Uh-huh. You know, it's like maybe, maybe as a civilization, we we owe it to the future to like mandate that everybody learn how to read and and write and do basic math so that they don't get fucked by you know predatory lenders or whatever yeah but like it it really seems to me to be a waste of everybody's time to educate somebody who is their primary motivation is not to learn but just to be disruptive I don't even know that their primary motivation is to be disruptive. They just don't give a shit. And, like, wah. Yeah, I, there is a... There is a self-centeredness to the kids these days that I don't think we had. Or at least we didn't have. It, it wasn't as obvious. Like, left to their own devices, the kids will sit in front of their computers, because she works in the computer lab, and just take, like, hundreds of pictures of themselves with photo booth and then upload them to Facebook. And that is what they would do the entire class period if she didn't tell them to stop. Just like Googling random pictures of celebrities and taking pictures of themselves are the pastimes. (laughs) And there, so of course there's no idea that I should pay attention in this class so I can learn some shit, especially coupled with my parents don't care if I succeed or Yeah, I mean, I don't know that our generation was fundamentally possessed of a love of learning. (laughs) You know, I mean, I I think certainly... (laughs) My my part of our generation was. Well, certainly mine, too, but I mean, we are weird outliers, right? I mean... Yeah. I I don't... And and that's... This is kind of what I'm saying. Like, I don't know that... I mean, I was always... I wonder what the like what the standard deviation is on a population of of high school kids where they are not 
smart enough to be totally bored by the curriculum or disinterested enough to just not get anything out of it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, like who is it actually for at that point? And I don't know. It's I would not want to be in a position where I had to make policy about that kind of thing. I used to think, yeah. fuck, I know everything. But, yeah. you know, now it's just like, I, I feel like if I had a kid, I would probably want to send them to private school. You know, and I would want to, I would want to like say, look, I like, I would select the school based on difficulty and lack of willingness to put up with bullshit. You know. Yeah, although I think of like Arizona public schools sucked. Did they? I I mean, yeah, they, they were they were pretty bad, but like I never knew that because I had parents who were engaged in my learning process. So, uh, you know, like Jess's school kind of sucks, not because the teaching is bad or the lessons are bad, but because the other students like they don't get any enforcement at home so I feel like I will send Ollie to a public school but I'm not going to send him to her school I'm going to send him to a you know a slightly more gentrified school but not a private school yeah I mean I was suggesting that I mean I was thinking earlier he might be bored but he's not it's not like he's going to end up dumber because he didn't go to private school sure no I mean I just I, I like I feel like I just want if I had a kid I would want him to be miserable Oh, gotcha. Right? I mean, it's like... Those character. You know, I mean, I just like, you feel like if I wasn't, like, sort of fundamentally fundamentally opposed to um, the military mindset, that, like, military school wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world, you know? <laughs> but... Do you, Was... Was our children learning? Um, were, were our schools bad? I only ever went to one public school in Arizona, and it was... It was such a like beam of sunlight compared to the just sort of I, I mean the 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 small town southern illinois school that i came from like you know we we learned to type on typewriters and that was like i i say that now and it's like oh this is like a badge that i'm proud of but like it's just because my school technologically was 5 years behind the times yeah, you know, and I mean, it didn't seem like it didn't seem like our high school was underfunded. It didn't seem like the teachers were bad. To me, at least, I mean, I I guess it was it was frustrating that they canned the debate program after the first year that I did it. But and I don't know. I mean, I guess you you were there a year after I was. Did they did they continue to to like? I mean, I'm assuming that that was just a state budget issue. Right, that they had to get rid of stuff, and it was like, well, we can't get rid of any, any of the sports teams because the community would revolt. And stop, yeah, we stop kept giving us money. we kept not getting a bond passed because none of the predominantly retiree population would vote for a school bond. Yeah, it's because they, you know, they would happily vote for a prison bond, but not a school bond. I mean, all of my teachers were competent and smart and by and large wouldn't put up with any bullshit and I always felt like I had sufficient resources at my disposal and you know the infrastructure was fine and it was safe and I don't yeah, I, mean, I don't know we what else given a like we were given a an education I don't think we were given us like a superlative education 
But I think they got the bases covered. Yeah. We did have, like, Mr. Whitley, Mr. Lamar, and Mr. D'Alessio, who were kind of... I mean, Mr. Whitley... Creepy and shitty. Mr. Whitley was a creep, but he was not a bad teacher. Oh, I think he was kind of a bad You think teacher. he was a bad teacher? Although, I didn't have him. I that second hand. Oh. Well, I mean, he's... So, he's the only one that I had, so he's the only one that I can speak to. I mean, Mr. D'Alessio seemed just kind of broy, but, like... I, I, <laughs> when he wasn't fucking the 16-year-old students, he was teaching his valuable lessons about Father Eusebio Francisco Kino. Yeah. I don't even remember... I don't even know what he taught. Arizona history, which was a routine required subject. I had Arizona history from Mr. Frank, who is like, I'm, I'm, he is almost certainly dead by now, which makes me sad because he is. If I had to make a list of like the top five teachers that I had that I admire the most and was confident in their competence, he would be on that list. Hmm. Um. So yeah, that sucks. I don't know. I liked all my teachers there. When I but when I think about Ollie's education, I think we could send him to a public school and pay three thousand dollars a semester to do it, or we could send him to a public school where he'll get an average education, and we will encourage him in his learning and give him all the resources he can have, and spend that three thousand dollars on. You know, like going to Europe in the summer. Five new iPads. Did you exactly? Did you mean a private school for three thousand dollars a semester? Yeah, that yeah. first one was supposed to be private. I was going to say because I, I thought, I mean, I don't know. Public schools are free. Yes. Well, but right, but they're not. I mean, you gotta you gotta like buy your kid food and stuff, right? I mean, that, like it does. It definitely yeah, costs not. something, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you either make him a lunch or buy him a lunch. Sure. Sure. This the thing that he's starting on this year is called High Five, and it's like a pre-kindergarten public thing, and that costs X amount of dollars per month on a sliding scale. So I think for us it'll be three hundred a month, but it was going to be six hundred to keep him in the private, like preschool. Mm-hmm. So this makes a little more sense. I mean, there's a part of me that's glad that I don't have to make any of these decisions. Yeah, to me it was just. People sent their kids to public schools forever, and it was fine. And now it's kind of expected that if you're kind of like middle middle class to upper middle class, you'll send your kid to a private school. And that, I don't know, it's the same as granite countertops to me. <laughs> like, this was not something that the middle class was supposed to have, and we were fine without it. Yeah. I guess what bugs me is that I I would almost feel like I know that people do silly shit to get their kids into school districts that they're not supposed to be in. Right. And I would feel weird doing that. And I mean, I'm sure yeah. that I'm certain that I would be able to justify it to myself or whatever, but I just, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like I could not, as a parent, walk into a public school and evaluated and feel like I was entitled to talk to anybody about the shit that was going on there whereas if it was a thing that I was paying for in a real way as opposed to just like you know I like I probably could go down to the police station and say like hey I have some concerns and I would like to talk to somebody about this and like hmm. uh, technically I pay for it cuz I pay taxes but like 
I don't know. I mean, it just seems like, like it seems so... I understand you want to be involved in your kid's education, and it seems to me that being involved in anything that is run by the government is just going to be frustrating and obnoxious and basically impossible. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean... I mean, it just showing up and talking to teachers and stuff, it, like that's something that they look for and that's something that they celebrate. So you have you do have some pull. Yeah. I don't the trick is figuring out when if there's a problem between your kid and your teacher, when to back the kid and when to back the teacher. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm always going to want to err on the side of the teacher just because I, this this is going to sound weird coming from me, I think, but but I think that a sort of begrudging submission to authority is something that you don't want your kid to love, but something that you want your kid to be able to do. Right. And do so you say like he? Yes, your teacher's kind of being a dick, yeah, but yeah, like it's he, within his rights. He is wrong, but you have to do what he says anyway. Right, and yeah. I guess I don't know whose side that's taking. I mean, I feel like that's that was basically my dad's approach, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm not sure what I learned from that. I never wanted to, you know, it's like I never wanted to work for somebody else because I understood what that meant, and I didn't, right. I didn't want to submit to that, but who knows. <laughs> It'll be, it's going to be it's cool. All speculation. It's going to be cool we'll see. to see how Ollie turns out, you know? Because, I mean, I, I am certain that he is going to be fine in spite of what I am certain are going to be a bunch of really frustrating and annoying things that happen. And Yeah, and, like, some decisions that we made in raising him are going to turn out to have been shitty in retrospect. And some of the ones that we thought were shitty are going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious, like, what what will happen between, like, your kid and Matt's kid. Yeah. Right? Like that... And, and and who knows? I mean, I think in a lot of ways, you you both just sort of rolled the dice, right? Because, you know... Yeah, well, we both have an idea. And, it, like... Although, mine is more just kind of... I don't think that it would do him harm to watch violent stuff or, like, stuff with boobs... I just don't think that he needs to. Yeah, and there is... And he will at some point, and that's fine, but... Yeah, like, I don't think it would hurt him to do what Austin's doing, but I just don't see the the need. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you kind of... It, this is not... Describing it as a as a knife edge makes it seem more severe than it is, but mm-hmm. but I feel like there is a... There is a range between, like desensitization and fetishization Mm. that most people just kind of wind up in and you're probably both fine yeah you know and it just I I think it's a matter of deciding which which side you want to err on I mean I'm more concerned I would be I would be with a kid more concerned that they like don't like things that are stupid that are like objectively (laughs) bad you know, and so you know, SpongeBob. There are some movies with violence that, you know, it's probably fine. Like I feel like a ten-year-old could probably handle Pulp Fiction. 
Hmm. Maybe not. I mean, maybe that was my, you know, my dad not being particularly sensitive about my exposure to violence and me just not, because, you know, I mean, this, this keeps coming up, like, you know, Roy and Kevin are both, like, really grossed out by Reservoir Dogs because of how violent it is, and I would just characterize Reservoir Dogs as, like, a funny movie and not a violent movie. I was a little tweaked out by the, like, ear-chopping scene. Yeah, and I mean, it just whatever whatever it is that normal people have that makes that sort of shocking and horrifying to them, I just think I just don't have it. <laughs> mm, yeah. He just, uh, Ollie just watched A New Hope all the way through. Yeah. Which is, is kind of like, it's not so much violent as it is, like, busy. And, like, the first time he tried to watch it, the first laser fight, he was just like, I can't handle this. Like, maybe we'll watch it when I'm older, is what he said. So, we tried it again, and he watched it all the way through. But he stopped during uh, Dagobah in Empire Strikes Back, where Vader's in the cave, and Luke, and, like, that weird metaphorical thing, because it was weird enough to kind of freak him out. Yeah. So who knows, like, at his age, Austin was watching, like, Piranha Double D. Yeah. And I just don't, I don't think it's necessary. We'll see. Oh, you know, the, the other thing that I wanted to talk about this week, though, plays right into that, is we're, uh, we started playing Disney Infinity. Oh. Have you read anything about that? I, or I know a it? very small amount about it. It's it's sort of their answer to Skylanders, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've I've heard like say Jeff Gersman on the Giant Bombcast talk about it and how it wasn't as interesting to him as Skylanders, but that's all I know. Mm-hmm. I think like as a Disney person, I was interested in it from the get go. Mm-hmm. But like, so the setup is you've got your little launch pad that has like Launchpad McQuack from the Disney yeah. Afternoon. No, this is going to take a long time. <laughs> uh, the launch pad thing that plugs into the Xbox, it's got a hexagon receptacle and two round ones. And the hexagon takes little things that look like trophies that are called playsets, which are basically little worlds based on a specific Disney property. And then you put... It, like, a, the, like, a, like a maquette, like a little model of it? Or? Yeah, like a... Yeah, just kind of the playset ones look like a little trophy, and they they come with the figurines. How bi- how big is it? A couple inches. Huh. Okay. So it's not to scale with the the character because the characters are like action figure sized, right? Yeah. So the the locations are not to scale with them. Well, the location is more of just a totem, to say like like a snow globe kind of thing of it. Is it? Is it actually it's, an environment that is depicted, or is it just, like, a picture of a place? No, like, the one that it comes with is three-sided, because it... The set that I got comes with Mr. Incredible, Sully, and Captain Jack Sparrow, which is a weird inclusion, but whatever. Who's Sully? Uh, Sully from Monsters, ah, Inc. Okay, that is, uh, that is one of the Pixar movies the that big I have furry guy. seen, yeah. ever. Oh, it's so, so is good. Is he John Goodman? Yeah. Okay. It's more in the Ratatouille vein. I think you would enjoy okay. it. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not avoiding it for any reason. I just haven't. So it's just this little like translucent, p- 
pyramid looking thing that has the Monsters Inc. logo on one side, the Pirates logo on the other, and the Incredibles logo on the third side. So that's just to say, you put that thing in and it goes, oh, these are the options I should present to you on the menu. And then you grab your little action figure and put put those on the circle ones to to kind of scan them in. It doesn't store any information on those like it does in Skylanders. So I think you're just kind of boned if you want to take them somewhere else. That's a good thing that I don't want to. Mm-hmm. But playing around with it, it looks like each of those little world things, they're called play sets, are at least four or five hours of gameplay and pretty varied like it's your basic open world find somebody with a mission and do it okay. for them okay. so i can but in monsters inc it was like oh the dudes from fear tech have sprayed you know, like put toilet paper all over the trees now go clean them off or hey those guys are wearing hats from a rival monsters university you should go and grab them and buy new hats for them and but then in The Incredibles, it was like, these Omnidroids are attacking our secret weapon. Go fight them, then find the scientists, throw them in the secret weapon base, and defend it. So, like, we spent, we spent two or three hours in The Incredibles one, and we still just have tons of little missions to do. So while you're doing all that, you're unlocking stuff like toys and terrain and vehicles and shit that you can put in a toy box which is the level editor and is extremely powerful it seems like really robust hmm. so then you can you load up a like you can load up a blank toy box or a toy box based on a template and then just build like racetracks or mazes or like a bunch of mountains or a big cock and ball and then you just run around in it freeform or can you can you like make a racetrack and race against ais on it or is it is it just you can make a racetrack and race against your friends on it i don't know if there are ways to add objectives to the worlds once you build them like that would be beyond the scope of what most people are going to want or be able to do I mean, you can say, like, I've made this maze and filled it with enemies now. Let's see which one of us can get through it faster. Yeah, okay. And just kind of time it yourself. Like, it seems to encourage a, a really open, like, make your own rules and do shit. I don't know. I'm. It seems like you're dealing with a cube of space you can build in that is bigger in every dimension than I've been able to explore. Yeah. And, like, when you're building, there's a little meter on the side that shows you how much memory you have left to work with. So, it, like, eventually it would fill up. But uh, I, ha- I have no idea how you would fill it up. Are the toys... So it's super fun. I don't actually know anything about this for Skylanders either, but are the toys anything? Or, are they, or is it basically just, like, DLC that you have to get a physical object to activate? That's the thing, and in this one, most of it's on the disc, hmm. but it is—it's just a key to unlock them. It's—they, yeah, they don't do anything. They don't have any points of articulation or or anything. They're little statues that are like cool looking. They're of a different design than the characters themselves. They're kind of stylized. It's something ineffable in having 
like your little box full of those things and then setting a couple of them on there yeah. and watching them show no, up. No, absolutely. I mean, it, it, like there's something to that. Even at my age, I could sure. I mean, I, and, you know, I mean, there was a reason that Skylanders was this this craze, right? I mean, you know, you, yeah. you could have described that, and I feel like everybody would have been fairly dismissive of it. But like, you know, looking at it, it's like, yeah, and, you know, it makes as much sense as fucking Beanie Babies. Hmm. Right. No, I did think it was funny to think of like. With Plants vs. Zombies, people are tweaking out because it's a free game, but they keep offering stuff for you to buy. And if you don't want to spend a lot of time with it, you just have to spend money. You're, they're making you spend money. And then, like, Disney Infinity, it's like, we'll give you the first three guys and three worlds for $75. Now, if you want to play two-player mode, we should tell you that in the actual play worlds, you can only bring in people who are from that universe. So if you want to play two-player in The Incredibles, you're going to want to shell out 13 bucks for a Dash little figurine or one of the other guys. And if you want to play two-player in Monsters, Inc., that'll be another 13 And it's like everything that, you know, if you want your character to power up in certain ways, you're going to have to buy these little power discs from us. And people are just kind of fine with that. I don't know. Maybe it's because you're getting something physical. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fairly powerful difference. There is also the, for me at least, the feeling like it's almost worth it. If each of those little playsets unlock like four or five hours of content, 20 bucks for one of those seems like a decent deal. And if they're going to be as as differentiated as the ones that I've played... Like, fuck yeah, when you come out with the Nightmare Before Christmas world, I am buying that playset immediately, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to buy the uh, Lone Ranger set or the Cars set, though. Yeah, is your kid not into Cars? Have you tried to keep him? They kind of, b- oh. by design? Yeah, no. Although, like, we sat down and started watching it, and he just got bored with it. He's, he's just not a kid who plays with Cars, because, you know, kind of gay. Yeah. I don't know. He could have, like, a fabulous pink Cadillac or something. Yeah. <sighs> so that's the thing. It, it is interesting, and I think everyone should give it a shot. If Like, if they're into Disney at all, it's a thing that's worth checking out. What Are you, are you playing it on the Xbox? Yeah. I don't know. You know, I, I, I've been in San Francisco for two months and not had access to consoles and I just don't fucking care like I have basically zero interest in buying anything from the next generation of consoles hmm. you know I I not even a Wii U no I mean there's not like they've yet to they've yet to put anything on there that I want to play that won't eventually come out on PC or or that you know yeah I just don't I hear you I'm gonna probably go in for the Wii U just for the the next round of Mario games and and Wii Sports. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for the, you know, Mario Kart, Mario Party, 2D Mario and 3D Mario is to me that suite of games in every generation has been worth buying the console for. Yeah. I mean, I guess I just I didn't get into Galaxy 2 at all and I didn't get into the last Zelda games, the last two Zelda games. 
actually. Mm. I feel like that for a while, the stuff that they were making that I was interested in playing were on their handhelds, and even that's kind of diminishing over time. Um, but I mean, I... I'm going to have to get a... Hopefully I can find like a used 3DS for when the uh, Link to the Past that's all like redone and with new yeah. stuff in it comes out. Yeah, I'm, I'm that, excited about that's that. That's going to need to be played. Yeah. We've been playing uh, Link's Awakening for the video mm. games hot dog assignment, which is just the Game Boy version, and it is, ah, man, I, I'm going to spend all of Wednesday night talking about this, but, like, it is both, it is good in a lot of ways and bad in a lot of ways, but it is a fuckload of game for a Game Boy cartridge. It is crazy. It, like... An order of magnitude more complicated than the next most complicated Game Boy game, just in terms of like what you can do and its scope. Like I don't, I don't understand. It's like, it's like one of those things that must have required like so much additional hardware on the cartridge that it made the console twice as powerful. Yeah, huh. but. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I have I have a 3DS, and because I needed something for my mom to get me for Christmas last year, I have a Vita, so like any game that comes out on a handhold console, I will be able to play for a while. I don't think even, I don't think anything new has even been announced, so I feel mm-hmm. like I have all the handhelds for the next at least two years, and, uh, yeah. and you know, that'll be fine. Other than that, just like, you know, PC games rule. Games on the web cookie clicker (laughs) Uh, well do you want to i i really i honestly do not have anything to report Uh, emily emily went back home and i've just been here by myself so like what i did last week was hidden city revamp (laughs) like and that (laughs) was basically it like i would get up i would work on the hidden city revamp until it was time to start drinking i would start drinking i would go to bed Um, and you're like Everybody else is out doing stuff, and I'm just sitting here masturbating. Yeah, I mean, it's nowhere else I'd rather be, you know? Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got some Twitters. I call them Twitters. I call it for some Ooh. Twitters, yeah. Uh, Michael Hutton writes, Do either of you watch Breaking Bad? Will you create a Breaking Bad-style game to fill the void left when Breaking Bad ends? I have watched it up to when it stopped the last time, um, and hmm. I... I think that there is going to be this really frustrating schedule thing where I'm going to get back to Arizona. Um, Emily and I are going to watch it, the episodes that have come out in the second half of this season, and then keep watching it until I come back here. And then there are going to be two more episodes that we can't watch together. So we either have to, like, you know, I don't know, wait until one of us visits for a weekend or something, or uh, just inevitably get spoiled right um i already got one horrible spoiler just ambiently i I mean it wasn't horrible like any spoiler that is like something that if you would basically ask me to make a list of any five things that were likely to happen in the storyline like Hmm. this doesn't really count as a spoiler Right there are sure. there are things that I would have been sad to find out about before I saw them, but I just don't care. This have you watched any of it? No, it doesn't seem like your kind of thing. It's like 
this the same thing that's keeping me from watching Game of Thrones, kind of, which it's just kind of a downer. And like at the end of the day, it's hard to go. Let's sit down and be depressed for an hour. Versus like, hey, let's watch three episodes of How I Met Your Mother in that hour. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I can see that. I don't know, I mean... To- and I'm sure that it's good. Like, we have tried to watch Game of Thrones several times now. And it it's good. It's just... It super bums you out. I mean, did you so. ever watch, like, The Sopranos or Six Feet Under? Or... I'm nope. to think what else. What other, like, sort of serious sad like the wire or did you watch deadwood nope Nope. i mean deadwood's depressing but we but i like i watched carnival okay and like dead like me had a sense of humor but was kind of depressing huh i I have not seen dead like me but uh i mean carnival was pretty depressing i mean the thing about game of thrones was that we watched an episode where just horrible shit just happened the whole time and everybody was terrible to everybody and that seemed to be more the norm than anything else it's like yeah i i don't have the energy for that yeah i mean breaking bad up uplift me a little bit like i understand you're showing me boobs and that's great but man i i only saw like half of one episode of game of thrones and there were no boobs in it i was like what you really that you must have seen the wrong half apparently it's like fuckers all lied to me Breaking Bad starts out not like the the it starts out with the main character very very relatable and I think that's sort mm-hmm. of its its deal is that it's like all right well we we're going to make you care about this guy and then just 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 drag him through the mud like just he becomes worse and worse and worse and worse and worse over time right like mm. it is a it is a series long descent and by the time you see that that's what's happening, you're already invested in it. Like, you want to know... I don't know, you know? It's I, like, I sort of watched the first couple seasons that were available on Netflix, and then I bought the third season on iTunes and just watched it as it was coming out, and it was like, wow, I have not done this in years. I think since Carnival, I have not just watched something as episodes came out and just, you know, been sort of following it and excited and like, oh man, what's going to happen next? And it's neat. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I mean, I, you you are right that it is depressing, but... <laughs> yeah. No, like, I think we're done with... We, we're not interested in any more weeds, which is what we were watching, and there's no new Doctor Who until November. Has weeds gotten bad, or... It... The last couple of seasons that we watched were pretty bad. After they... Pretty much after they left the suburbs, which was kind of the whole reason for the thing to exist, it just got weirder and weirder. I only saw the first two seasons, I think. Those were good. I didn't see... Uh, yeah. I think I stopped watching right before all the, before you got to see her tits. Like, all the time. Now she's just kind of like, uh, hey, new cop in town, I'm gonna fuck you and then show you my grow house and then fuck you again and don't tell my husband that I'm going to fuck you next to my baby while you point a loaded gun at me. It, Wait, it, did she get remade? Yeah, it just gets weirder and weirder. Yeah, that was a, a for instance. Oh. Huh. 
So you know, that was fanfic, basically. Okay. Uh, Miller writes, Scully, you seem to be pretty fluent in Spanish. How do you keep it fresh in your head? I think you mean fresca en cabeza. Yeah, fresca en la cabeza. I, uh, I just remember a lot of it. <laughs> I, I use it. I think I'm just like randomly translating things in my head. And I've been, I just have done that ever since I learned any Spanish at all. I feel like I'm bouncing around between places where you hear a lot of Spanish being spoken and you see a lot of signs in Spanish, but you aren't. Yeah. yeah no, I just, I'm constantly translating it into, translating shit into Spanish in my head just because it's interesting to go like, oh, I wonder how you would say that in Spanish. And, uh, you know, writing for Kingdom and horror show, there's a recurring trope where I say the names of the movies in Spanish every week. Okay. So I have to keep learning, you know, like what the Frighteners is in Spanish and it's Los Espantadores. Espantadores? Espantadores. Huh. Because an espantador would be a frightener. Okay. Is espantar es- to frighten? Yes. Hmm. It's kind of like it frightens you so much you feel it in your pants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, cool. Cool, cool I guess. Uh, let's see, what else do we have on here? Darzil Northshield says, Mechanical Songbird, what does it do in Dreadsylvania? Seems to be much less than other plus Dreadsylvania item drop effects. Yeah, um, it was one of the earlier things that I made a mechanical decision on. Haha, <laughs> mechanical songbird. Um... It it needs it needs a little bit of love, um, and I, you know, I'm sort of waiting waiting for either like what I don't want to do is give it love by increasing a multiplier or something. I, I want to give it love by giving it love, making it do something real. Uh, Dennis Lindelof says I think the new challenge path is a bit lacking for people who didn't perm combat skills. I have 30 ascensions, not one combat skill. Otherwise, with the boost strike through changes, pretty fun. Thanks for the work. Uh, I mean. I think it is probably a bit more challenging than some of the previous paths have been if you don't have an innate way of dealing with scaling monsters. Um, I think something that you've discovered, Mr. Skullhead, in, in, in playing through it is that, like, this is one of those occasions where, like, a barnacle is your best friend. Yeah. Um, and that you probably have one of those, right? Like, you you probably have any number of familiars that act as that if you've spent any time collecting familiars at all. It's just not normally a thing that you think of. And... Just, <coughs> <coughs> pardon me. So you swallow wrong. <coughs> and you get a barnacle to crawl down into your bronchi. Suck up some of that and spit. I've heard the barnacle in my bronchi. Mm. What are those? What are Precious those guys? Tummies, ladies and gentlemen. Not much. I mean, you know... The uh, the scaling monsters are weird, though. Like, today, I was fighting along in the high school. I hit enough to get my intrinsic and my uh, jock intrinsic and immediately just got the shit kicked out of me because my muscle went up. So, so did theirs. Yeah. The- and suddenly I was beaten up. Like, it, it's fascinating. Like, now that I can actually win fights, it's not as irritating as the it was. The scaling mechanics are, are just... The, the, the basic combat mechanics of this game don't lend themselves well 
to scaling that is graceful for people who know how to do everything and people who know, you know, a sane person's subset of how to do everything. And mm-hmm. it, it is just like, eh, I don't know. I don't know how to make it better. Like, I wish, I wish that there were things like, you know, we were talking about some something something in the hidden city that wasn't like super satisfying. Although I'm I'm actually, especially given the amount of time it took, I'm really happy with how that turned out and how the response to it has been. But like, I found myself wanting, like, I wanted the ability to give some extra item drops to people who weren't doing the basics of trying to get extra item drops you know Mm. it's like i want to find some i want to find some way to help out people who aren't taking it seriously or who don't know what they're doing without it being exploitable by the people who do know what they're doing and that is that is challenging from this side so you start with a questionnaire yeah are you just playing this game to have fun or are you trying to do some next level shit? Yep. 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 Because dick stabbers would be unable to lie about That's that. That's certainly true. Uh, let's see. Canifier 40 says in the forums, Jack has been starting these as of late, but I'm at least 5% sure that there's not currently a radio show thread and there should be a radio show thread. So, questions for Jake and Mr. Skullhead here. Insert joke about Jake Skullhead here. Sometimes there's also another joke that rhymes here. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Mr. Skullhead, write a rhyme about Jake and Mr. Skullhead. Three, two, one, go. If you don't have a thick and dull head, you'll enjoy Jake and Skullhead. There you go. See, you're so much better at that than Riff is. That dude cannot... <laughs> I think I'm just more that willing. That dude can't think on his feet. And he's very rarely on his feet. <laughs> Let's be honest. Oh, damn. That is true. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'm not, I don't feel that I, that something is an insult if you would say it in front of the person you were talking about, and they would go, yeah, that's a fair well, cop, governor. Well, sure. And you say, yeah, the other thing is that you're always talking in that really shitty cockney yeah, accent. Yeah, like, what? <laughs> you think that, you think that with all the time you spend on the internet, you could research a better accent. Um, Jex said, can't, okay, uh, I'm going to start over. Canifier 40 continues. This is going to be Canifier 40 for a while. Jick, given your intense hatred of the number 13, why'd you implement monster number 1313? The security robot seems fairly nondescript and not what I'd expect. Also, monster number 1337 is the steampunk giant, only two off from the avatar of Boris. Discuss. Yeah, those those numbers, while... I mean, 1313 is not a real thing. Like, thir- the, the number 1313 does not have anything to do with the number 13 in hmm. in my cosmology at least and yeah i mean 1337 i i noticed it after it was already done but like when we go to make a monster we don't know what the next monster idea is going to be the spindler just assigns it uh based on the auto increment value and so we don't know until afterwards what some significant number is going to be and then he says speaking of ids being slightly off did you know that the quasi-religious sculpture is item id 6667 this bugs me more than it should no i I did and i actually kind of like it i like that that's what it is because 6666 also isn't anything like i think having that item id be 666 anything is better than having it be 6666 huh 
discuss the Hidden City revamp? Question mark. Yeah, that was that was fun. I, I enjoyed that, and uh, it seems like we. It's, I don't know. It seems like it was good. It was like, well, I got a week. Let's uh, do this. Hmm. Was, uh, you know, I think we've kind of got our workflow down. It's like I do the you know we talk sometimes i mean this one we didn't even really talk about it before i did it cuz i like i have long been dissatisfied with I, I like the level 11 quest but i dislike a lot of the individual elements of it and i want to make it something that preserves the things that i like and gets rid of the things that i don't like and i think mm-hmm. that it's going to be better for everyone as a result of that and the Hidden City was not my least favorite aspect of the level 11 quest, but it was a thing that I never really liked. Like, it always... in Like Insult Beer Pong, it always felt like a sort of implementation compromise rather than a thing that was the way that anyone ever wanted it to be. And yeah. the Hidden City was so... just prone to chicken shit turn-saving exploits that rather than continuing to fix it, I was just like, you know, if I can come up with something and implement it within a week, I think that is the right thing to do instead of just band-aiding this and continuing to put off dealing with it. And, you know, it worked. I We were going to roll it out on Friday night at Rollover, but then I was like, you know, it's like an hour before Rollover, and I'm really tired, and I could finish this, but I would kind of rather go eat dinner and just mm-hmm. roll this out at some point tomorrow when we're fresh and we've had some more time to test it. That's the weird thing. Like the the one thing that was missing and just because there was so little time was the sort of comprehensive dev testing that we normally get on something of that scale. Mm-hmm. And it was just because well, I was like, all right, here it is. It's done. Ready to go. What do you guys think? Uh, we have lives and kids and stuff. <laughs> so didn't, uh, didn't get to it as much but that Saturday was just like eh that's fine people people ran through it a few times found a few things like for instance it would have rolled out with you unable to start the boss fights uh, if it had rolled out on Friday because I went through and fixed the a bunch of missing like adventure again links and I just fucked up a copy and paste and made all the boss fights unstartable so neat that, that could have used another day to not just be fundamentally broken. <laughs> um, let's see. Principal Mooney is totally the good guy of the story told by KOLHS. To what extent was the content written so that that was intentionally the case? Principal Mooney was a late game ad. Yeah, the the idea of replacing the naughty sorceress was kind of a late. I yeah, because I mean, it was like this is one of those things that I feel like we don't really think about when we're when we're working on a challenge path, and then once once it gets into testing, everybody's like, "All right, well, what are you replacing the sorceress with?" We're like, "Uh, is that a thing we do?" Right. I mean, that was something that like Cracked dot com has written a lot about Ferris Bueller's Day Off because it's it is a movie that doesn't really hold up to any kind of scrutiny. Like, if if it took place in the real world. And one of the things that they observed is that Principal Rooney is trying to keep kids in school and stop them from skipping school. Like, he goes a little bit too far, but 
he's doing his job and it's a job that you actually want him to do and Ferris is kind of a dickhole the entire time so that was fresh in my mind when I put that in there besides instead of like studying at school you just keep beating everybody up yeah I have only seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off once and it was as an adult and so I only have like I just I don't have it internalized the way that I have like The Breakfast Club internalized and Mm. The Goonies and Star Wars and I mean even like I don't know Dune (laughs) Nightmare on Elm Street like things that I saw things that like I went back to because it's like oh it's weird that you're you know it's weird that you're 30 years old in 2006 and you haven't seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'm like, oh, okay, that is weird. I guess I will watch it. And then it just kind of like... I don't know. I mean, it is... It's a fun movie and it's a good movie, but it's also one of those that people delight in overanalyzing. Yeah. And I, I suppose it does lend itself to that. I mean, none of these movies made any sense. If you look at them from a grown-up perspective. That was... Fuck, what's the name of it? What's the director? He died. John John Hughes? Hughes? Yeah. (laughs) The director that died? uh, Alfred Hitchcock. (laughs) Right, Stanley Kubrick. Uh, I guess Francis Ford Coppola is still alive. All right, what's the one that had sex with kids? If he must. Uh, Roman Polanski is still around. Good, good. So did, uh, sadly, the guy who plays Principal Rooney in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Wait, really? Uh, apparently, did not, he didn't have sex with kids, but he repeatedly has hired 14-year-old boys to do nude modeling for him. Huh. Wasn't he also... He was also in Deadwood. busted multiple times. Jeffrey Jones? That, yeah, that's the guy who's the newspaper oh. man from... from Deadwood, right? Yeah. Huh. He was in Mom and Dad Save the World, which was pretty excellent. Because he was in Beetlejuice. Yeah. I haven't seen Beetlejuice in a really long time, and I kind of want to keep it that way. <laughs> oh, I was thinking I haven't seen it in a while, and I would like to. I, like, I remember Beetlejuice being kind of boring. Like, there were hmm. some really cool parts, but all of the parts that were, like, the interactions between the real people in the house, and, like, even the parts with Winona Ryder... <sighs> Oh, I liked them. I liked Catherine O'Hara and her dangerous art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. And I like I like Gina Davis. I don't know why. Oh, I like Gina I Davis like too. Her. I liked A League of Their Own. I didn't yeah. see that pirate movie. Right. Um, but what was that called? Cutthroat Island or something? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Some there are just certain movies that didn't resonate, like the fucking the Harry Belafonte music just did nothing for me oh man the whole just like song and dance thing at the end I'm like man come on like that <laughs> yeah it's it's, it's I guess it's just my love of musicals showing mm-hmm. what are you gonna do I mean what did you think about the dance sequence in the middle I don't remember it oh the to the banana boat song where they kind of is it they get possessed and dance is around it the, the one table? where Beetlejuice is actually terrorizing them in the real world 
And like the shrimp cocktails come out of the bowls in their like hands, and they grab people's faces and pull them in. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe I think maybe I lost interest at that point too. I could t- yeah. you know I could try I could try checking it out again. I realized there's there's a guy. Um, Watch Avengers first. <sighs> Whatever. What do you think? What do you think, Mister Scully? Do you think that Hollywood is on a downward spiral towards collapse? It is when people like you say, oh, whatever, to the Avengers. I've never really liked superheroes. It doesn't matter. Why doesn't it matter? I mean, why why does I'm not interested in this genre not matter when it comes to making my decision about seeing a movie in a genre or not? When it's a a superlative example of the genre, I think, you know, like... If I wasn't usually into horror movies and somebody said, yeah, but this one is called Psycho and it's directed by this guy, Alfred Hitchcock, and it's one of the better movies ever made. So, like, oh, okay, well, I'll give that a try. I mean, I... If it's, I'm a huge nerd, but I'm not into this particular stripe of nerdery, like, well, okay, but this is a superlative example of this, so you should check it out. So I guess part of my problem is I don't know how I would go watch The Avengers right now if I wanted to. On Netflix. Is it streaming? Was for a while. Huh. May still be. That's surprising. Uh, he says, could you add a way for us to keep our staff of the lunch lady out of run in KOL High School? It's cool and more chef staffs. Chef staves is always good. Nah, I mean, I. there are a handful of individual things in there that it would not be a big deal for them not to be quest items, but I would rather everything or nothing be quest items in there. Mm-hmm. So that's just... Uh, that's that. Any chance you can make us so having multiple Dreadsylvanian flasks lets you use them multiple times a day. I have two of each flask at the moment, I'm an inter- and I'm interested in getting the buffs twice per day. No. Um, I don't remember how it is that you do that, but if it hasn't been patched, it should be. Uh, and I said, are we going to see the revamp train slam into more and more sections of the level 11 quest during KOL High School? Are precautions being taken to ensure this won't fuck with the leaderboard? Is that even something you guys would care about? Um... That's an excellent question, right? If this was an avatar path, I would be less worried about things that speed up runs coming late in the season and fucking up established runs that are on the boards. I don't know. You know, I think that there's going to be a significant break in that revampy kind of stuff that's basically going to take all of September, and then it's possible that the stuff that I work on in October can roll out in a big chunk with the new mm-hmm. challenge path, which is sort of definitionally not going to be a ton of work. Um, but I wouldn't worry too much about it. I mean, it, like, it's been a while since we did something that was just, like, stupid and fucked up leaderboards, right? So we are cognizant of that. And, yeah, I mean, I guess the question, yes, it is something us guys would care about. And then he explains yeah. uh, C.D. Moyer's forum avatar not jim says tits or ass yes mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. i can get i gotta say 90 10 on that mm. um i would uh, i would go 70 30 ass wow 70 30 with ass on top so tits yeah. down ass up that's the way you like to fuck indeed mm. well if like Say I'm on a frictionless plane, okay. and you know an ideal 
parallel universe. I wouldn't say ideal, just different. Where I'm uh, like a single man living alone, and a woman says, I'm going to show you either my boobs or my ass, and I would probably, seven out of ten times, say, you know what? Break that ass See, I would think I would say five times out of five, tits. Like, a scene in porn where there are no tits visible is a scene that I am fast-forwarding through. In Mm. 100% of cases. Fair enough. Uh, I'm not against an ass. At the moment. Wax says, disclaimer, I am a non-programmer. Is it possible to have a backburner week where you look at all the niggling little things that would be sort of cool, but you either A, don't have the time, or B, there are more important things to do, but then fix slash change slash implement all the niggling things anyway? It's like spring cleaning. If you actually do this, ask the community to make a list of stuff so you don't have to. Well, (laughs) I mean, I don't know that that list would be weird. (laughs) Everybody would have a very different idea of what that list was. Um... But, I mean, there is not a lot going on that very explicitly requires C.D. Moyer to do stuff. And so, like, right now, for instance, he's working on uh, mall management and making it so you can buy and sell stuff in and out of Hanks, uh, which is the thing that people have been asking about for a long time. And I thought maybe the next thing I would ask him to do was, like, uh, nobody's pissed and moaned about rearranging their display case shelves in a while. So we'd probably do that now that nobody cares. Uh, so the best way to get us to fix something is to stop yeah. talking about it. <clears throat> Wack continues. Last week, spending dread keys opening areas where you don't want to spend a key. It sucks because if you're trying to grab stuff before a dungeon closes but don't know if the zone is unlocked or not, you can waste a key and nobody else will be able to take advantage of that because other people have already used that non-combat. Yeah, I think I figured out a way to deal with that um, That is that is not technically complicated and is pretty easy to generalize. I don't know that I actually told Chris to do it, um, but mm. I talked to him about it and it, I, it's, it, it's, on the, it's on the list of things to do, that, that list. Uh, he continues, I have a Rando Green Lantern. It is good. The Rando is 35 million meat in the mall. On behalf of those who cannot afford this, can there be a replacement at some distant unspecified point in the future? It can go on the back burner after you clean it, you filthy hobo. Yeah, that thing is broken. Um, but it is pretty cool. And it was, you know, it was one of those things that like, ah, this doesn't seem like a big deal because we're only evaluating this item of the month for its ascension relevance and nobody really cares about that. But then it's like this crazy useful thing in boss fights where spells are really useful or multiple sources of a bunch of elemental damage, for instance. So um, it's neat. It's neat when... I mean, it's both frustrating and fun when we put in something and it's like suddenly like, oh, well, the X makes this trivial. And then we're like, what the fuck is an X? (laughs) Right. Because it's just some like crazy powerful thing that we forgot about because nobody ever talked about it until it suddenly became really important. And that's kind of neat. Thanks for getting rid of the click 25 squares shit. You are welcome. 200 adventure rollover limit complaints. It's that time again. Hooray. 200 is still pretty antiquated. There are people in my clan who generate 600 plus every day. 300 limit won't affect them, but it's great if I forget to log on to my rollover. It gives me more than 100 adventures a day. It gives me 97, but that's like 100, right? Do you seriously get 97 extra adventures from rollover gear? That's a lot. Speaking of petty stuff, I got a steel lasagna and was too full to eat it. I feel sad and enraged. Well, the possibility of being too full to eat it is why it became a food with NS13 so 
Yeah. Uh, six kiss Dresselvanian skeletons have 37,000 health. Five kiss ones have 16,000 health. Shouldn't they have 23,000 health? Man, I don't know how any of that math works. Um, and then a lot of stuff about Sneaky Pete's basket. Troubleface says, uh, this is the best question in regard to tits and ass. And the answer's clearly different for you, baby doll. Both. Um, Zaurigwirus says, can we have a backwards cocoon that costs all your HP to refill 20 MP? Must have full HP and not be beaten up to cast. No. No. I don't think that I want to open that particular can of worms into that particular rabbit hole. Explorifus, which is a pretty great name. Uh, <laughs> why do Abu Clues and Rusty Head Trimmers have different mechanics for when they activate, even though they have essentially the same function in the same zone? That is an excellent question. Um, Abu Clues were changed because people requested that they be changed. I think they used to work the same. It used to be... Actually, fuck, I don't know. Is... Do the head trimmers work if you just have them in inventory? I do not remember. I'm going to look in the yeah, location spindler at Twin Peak. Let's see. This super likely is... Huh... No, let's see. Forced Hotel Encounter. And that is. What is that? That is a. It's the thing that didn't. The conditional didn't load? Huh. Man, I don't know. It might be. That might be hard coded in some weird way. Wow, now I don't even know how those hedge clippers work at all. Who wrote this crap? Um, yeah, okay. Now I gotta get back to where the questions are. Maharito says, Is there anything cool we can do with all the wriggling severed noses we don't need? It doesn't have to be major. Just do anything useful at all. My idea is to have it double as a crafting component of a consumable that increases the weight or power of the nosy nose. Yeah, I thought of that and then kind of didn't get around to doing anything with it. Hamfish, who... Huh. Who joined the forums four days ago, but says, well done with the game. I've been playing off and on for nine years, and I love it to bits. Well, thanks for uh, coming into the forums, putting up with that bullshit. Uh, thank you for fixing it so Bart yeah. won't sell you booze on the high school path. It didn't make sense that he was before. Yeah, I'm surprised that that slipped through. Questions. Apart from the yearly familiars, there's only been one familiar in Mr. Store so far this year. Was putting less familiars in than usual a conscious decision, or did it just kind of happen when you were designing the items? It just kind of happened. Um, next month is a familiar, so... That'll be good. Also, have you considered adding other stores to Valhalla, allowing players to bring additional items into their next run, like potions or a coupon, allowing them to pull a single item from Hank's while in Hardcore or something? Or an item costing lots of karma that grants a permanent skill or even an astral permanent familiar? I mean, those are all ideas. I think the pull in Hardcore would be rough and not a thing that we would do, but... Um, yeah. yeah. Blister Guy says, no, no. Mr. Adventure says, The wiki says that on a previous radio show, Riff would have implemented more zombie pineal glands if the supply got low. Are you guys interested in bringing back any other items by chance? I would not say that we're interested in bringing that back. The, the position on that, from, from me at least, and it is up to me, lest you think that it's not, is that I'm comfortable saying that we will bring back 
a way of getting zombie pineal glands if we ever need to, and I am also comfortable betting everything that we will never need to. Um, hmm. Yeah. Uh, Stumps McGee says, what is the most useful backend tool <laughs> that you guys have made this past year that has made your lives easier? We haven't really made any new tools on the back end this year, have we? Like we added... F- Not that i f- the, There's the place spender. Yeah, I think that's been more than a year, though. That's useful. Yeah, that was when the... What was the first thing I used that for? Maybe the planes revamp? There was something before that, though. Um, we, added those, we added that filtering to the word buckets and the miscode spindlers. That was pretty handy. Sure. Uh, so I was wondering how you were doing on your long-term goals this year. Please comment very briefly on the following. I shouldn't make fun of you for misspelling something. Uh, next item of the month. Yeah, it's that's fine. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty yeah. solid on that. Next challenge path. Eh, it's gonna be simple, so we don't have to worry about it. Crimbo, I got a pretty good idea for what I want to suggest for Crimbo. Scully and I usually hammer out Crimbo plans uh, in a pool where we cannot lie. Uh, because you'll drown if you lie in a pool um, during KOLCon. Uh, yearly Familiars. There is a solid idea for that. We haven't started actually making any of the content for it. Uh, Avatar of Sneaky Pete. That is a distant glimmer. Uh, class revamps. Mm-hmm. Mm. Seal Clubber one is written up. I've made some kind of fun prototype things for one of the others and we've got some ideas for some of the other stuff but I haven't really focused on that level 11 revamps are in progress tower revamp uh, it's probably a year out at least stairs to nowhere um, that's one of those things that is the implementation is hung up on something that I don't really remember what it is anymore and it's just not like we haven't felt like there was a time when, oh, you know what people really need is a huge dump of additional content because it's been forever since we've done stuff because the right. pace has been so high that, you know. But I mean, the Stairs to Nowhere is basically the Fernsworthy quest that most of that has been done for more than more than a year at this point and is just pending. They're just doing it. Maharito says, can we influence the initial majority minority status of copies of the monsters in Dreadsylvania zones? Or more to the point, is it possible to know which monster type will be 100% banishable at the very start? No, and by design. You can't always make those. You can't always get one specific monster to go away completely. And you're not meant to be able to. Uh, Merlinus Pastorians is any chance of sorting KOLHS booze by things I can use yeah did that today after uh, reading this thread I had Chris uh, put that in <clears throat> Unponderable says any thoughts to giving a small bonus perhaps a stat boost for doing exactly da- or damage exactly equal to a monster's HP in combat or maybe one or two bosses that drops an additional item if you do so might give those orphan combat items a new purpose you know, having an optional drop from a boss that, if you do that, is neat. Do it, giving extra stats for it would just be a recipe for agony for the people who would then feel like they had fucked up if they didn't get it every time. And I right. can honestly, I can sympathize with that. <clears throat> Vernacio made some sprites uh, of the Crackpot Mystic bosses from the Jung Manjar. Are these close to how you imagine them? Yeah, they are. I would not, I don't know that I would have made uh, the, 
I guy? Is that that's Doubt Man? Uh, I don't know that I imagine him as red. Um, hmm. But I mean, those are basically just. I think the only original work in that was the eyeball and the Jason mask. Everything else was just, I guess, the teardrop too. But that's not that doesn't consist of much. Everything else was um, just straight up sprite ripoffs from Mega Man. Mega. Oh my. Mega Man bosses of various stripes. Uh, WVO Quine says, just want to say that the new Hidden City kicks ass. Well, thanks, buddy. The Erosion Seeker says, was my Menergy question just too bizarre to bother with, or was there a different reason for muscularity to make sense? I, I just didn't think it was funny, and I wanted to be polite. <laughs> but ask, ask again. <laughs> Get to honesty. Speaking of things that uh, should make sense but suddenly don't, are there any things that you look back at now that you just don't get, but there must have been some funny joke about it at the time of implementation? Uh, you also can't have been totally blasted when it happened. Doesn't count. I guess there's probably some stuff that Xenophobe did that I don't really understand. Um, but, I mean, generally, we don't... I mean, I guess there are corners of the game that we haven't looked at in a long time, but... I don't know. There are... There are a few jokes that I've made that I've had to go through the entire thought process again to get the joke that I was trying to make the first time. Yeah. Uh, Solve Omni says, So now that you've spent a bunch of time in the internet wasteland known in some circles as the city of fog and feces, has your opinion of San Francisco changed at all? Well, now that I know there are circles here that know of it as the city of fog and feces, my opinion is that I at least want to avoid those circles. Mm. Um... No, I'm I'm no less in love with this city than I have ever been. I I was curious, you know, <clears throat> the time that I spent in New York made me afraid that I was potentially not cut out to live in a big city. Um, but I think that yeah. was just New York. And the fact that I was like by myself the entire time and also on the cusp of getting a divorce <laughs> probably didn't help my general mood and stress levels yeah. um, but New York New York is is harsh this place you know I don't know I, I, I talk to people who, who have said of San Francisco that they wouldn't want to be here in the parts of it that, that I'm in at least just because that seeing all the sort of desperation and poverty would sort of get them down and I don't know I don't know what it's doing to my soul oh just being around it, you know. Is there a lot of yeah in this? I, I mean, the, you know, it was like like Frontalot said, we live in the like last remaining little ungentrified strip. Yeah, it's this is hmm. gross in a lot of ways. But I mean, then you can walk like two blocks and just be at like a you know fucking place where you can buy like a forty dollar candy bar, <laughs> you know. So it, it's it's definitely like in the process of becoming too nice to be comfortable it's just in that it's in that weird like it's it's like 90s Greenwich Village except instead of artists and musicians it's like internet people that are the Mm. the hipsters you know and and it's 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 okay it's like I feel I feel okay here It is the the place that you need right now. Yeah. 
the forum kebab case says, a while back you guys changed the requirements to get into zones into recommendations. So why does Dreadsylvania have a mandatory level 15 requirement? It's not practical for somebody to go in below level 15, but for the purposes of going in just to spend an adventure for loot or machine standing, lifting the requirement would be greatly appreciated, even if it requires an are you crazy confirmation. The problem there is that it was either make sure that nothing in Dreadsylvanian non-combats was anything that anybody would ever want in a run, or get the complaints about having to set up clan dungeons for ascension relevance. And so then the question is, do we lock people out who are in Ronin and Hardcore? And I don't want to do that because that defeats the purpose of big being the thing at the time that was meant to let you get into clan dungeons right away. Or just say, all right, you just can't get in here if you're below level 15 because fuck dealing with that. Like, I just don't want to mess with it. I don't want to make the dungeon worse because it's too good for people in this weird, you know, optimizer way. Uh, I've lost my ability to speak. <clears throat> Um, F says, is there a seasonal spike of new players when school is out for the summer? I was curious about the school-oriented nonsense lately. Is there a spike in new players? If there is a spike in new players, are most of the new player names related to genitals or farts? No, I don't, I don't know that... Well, I mean, we don't pay attention to that kind of shit. So, who knows? <laughs> uh, Odium says, you guys ever planning to attend Gen Con again? I ask because I live in the Indianapolis area and I'm too poor to attend the cons. Y'all do attend. I don't think I would ever go back to that... It's not my kind of thing. Yeah, if there was a con that I would go back to, it would be the the dragon yeah. con. That's I feel like that's just gotten too big for the space oh, yeah. that it's Delightful. in. Uh, HKC says, Fair enough. "You should, uh, Odin. You should go to Col Columbus. Yeah, you can drive to that. Yeah." Uh, why doesn't the surgical mask give stench resistance? Are they not as effective as harem veils? If harem veils are really effective, it's surprising so many harem girls have diseases because those are definitely airborne, right? Yeah, but it's not about... Like, you can get sick from germs that you can't smell, right? So <laughs> it, the harem veils are stench resistant because they are soaked in cheap, shitty perfume. So you don't notice the stench. Surgical ones are utilitarian. You don't last long right. as a surgeon if you can't stand the smell of fucking gangrenous exposed colon uh melon exposed colon what semicolon melon says i just went through the new hidden city on a turtle hammer multi with no perm skills or cool toys and it was super great tons of fun the mechanics are cool and interesting and i really like a lot of the item drops the equipment was strong and worth equipping and the elemental damage really helped i love the attorney's badge that makes you shout objection and take no damage sometimes it was also useful for my turtle hammer the booze you can get is also sweet random mixed disco bandit drinks yay also none of the zones took so long as to outstay their welcome and there was lots of variety between them the interaction between some of the zones was awesome i'd say this revamp was a total success i love it well thank you for that hey. outpouring of praise. That makes me real fucking happy. Fred Levi says, how could you have a hot dog stand and reference video games hot dog but not advice hot dog? The seminal masterpiece. The crown jeweled magnum opus of the hot dog family. Could have just given an effect that gives you random fortune cookie hints after every fight or something. The guy, there is a hot dog advice. There is an advice hot dog reference in that the hot dog guy gives you advice. I think though, the way that ended up turning out it didn't read as of advice so much as just sort of aphorisms, which I guess an mm. aphorism is a kind of advice. Well, yeah, like a stitch in time saves nine is, is an advice. advice. 
It's advising you to stitch early so that you don't have to do nine stitches. Is that what that means? If you stitch the hole before it gets big? It's about preventative Yeah, because it means like a stitch, comma, in time saves nine later. A stitch in a stitch in time before it get the rip. Like gets spending bigger, one spending one minute airing up your tire now is gonna stop you from spending an hour and a hundred dollars replacing your tire that goes flat because you ran it low. Okay. Yeah. I mean I guess that's it's one that like it doesn't make much sense because they felt like they whoever made that aphorism felt like it had mm-hmm. to rhyme and made it kind of obscured the also, meaning of it. I don't feel like in general people do their own mending anymore. Darn it. <laughs> ah, now it's my turn to laugh with delight at the joke that needed to be told. Exactly. Not amusement. Uh, it turns out Indianapolis is only um, two hours <clears throat> and 45 minutes from yeah, Columbus. Yeah, do it. You got a car? Yeah, drive on down, man. I'll be there. I may drive 12 hours to get there. Hamfish says, The previous hot dog question made me think of that hot dogs or legs thing going around the internet. Thoughts about a new leg-related hot dog? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's... Yes. If there's one thing I want to jump onto, it's... Now, if we're going to jump onto a web trend, it's going to be, like, four years after that trend has yeah. peaked. Yeah. And because if people still remember it then, then they'll still remember mm-hmm. it for a while. Yeah. I don't know that hot dogs or legs is going to become universal. I also... Yeah. Th- Although that's eerie, the right, way that but it- I've only seen it in a context where it's not like a quiz, so you don't find out. You see a picture, and you're like, yep, that's definitely either hot dogs or legs. But then you're just left like, well, fuck, I don't know whether <laughs> I can... I don't know whether I'm supposed to jerk off to this for sexual reasons or jerk off to it because I'm hungry. Yeah, you know... Your weight loss tips to uh, just masturbate every time you get hungry? Yeah. I don't know if I can well, roll I mean, with that. It, you know, it works. It's not It's, it's not really... Uh, you know, it's not going to make you popular. <laughs> Say that for sure. <laughs> right. You go to a you go to an elementary school potluck. Uh, yeah. There's plenty of food here. There was no reason for you to even be hungry. <laughs> Okay, well, um, we are, no, you know what? We are at exactly the length. We are at exactly 10 dozen minutes, Mr. Skullhead, and we are exactly out of forum questions and exactly out of Twitter questions. I think that that is a sign from the powers that be that we should stop being on the radio. Good, because I got to pee. On the podcast. All right, then, uh, I'm Mr. Skullhead, and I'm leaving. I'm Jick, and I'm already gone. <laughs>